the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY for New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions. I have on a fellow Canadian today in one and only Sean Spears is with me today. You guys know him, of course, from AEW, the perfect 10. He has been in the professional wrestling world for quite some time. And we get to like a really personal side of Sean. I mean, he's going through such a personal time in his life from his wife, Cassie Lee. Uh, You guys, of course, know her. They are pregnant with their first child due in uh, just a couple months. So exciting. He may or may not have talked about the name of the baby. We get into it on uh, on this episode. It's really, really cool, really sweet. And he's also just recently dealt with the passing of his mother. So, you know, a really interesting time in his life to kind of be dealing with the good and the bad. Um, And he was such an open book talking about all of those things. So I think you guys will really enjoy this Just insightful conversation with Sean and just really a stripped down bare bones version of not performing and not being a a wrestler, so to speak. This is a man talking about his life um, and his experiences also within the ring. We talk about um, his career, the the things that he still wants to achieve, what the future looks like for him. Um, As he says, uh, as his career eventually starts to, to wind down, how he sees that looking. Really cool conversation um, and just great insight. So thanks to Sean for just being so open and honest with me during this entire interview. Um, here you go, guys. This is Sean Spears. All right, we're recording now so we can still keep talking about this. So no, I have not started my full Christmas decorations yet, but I went to Target the other day. My basket was loaded. I got pillows. I got some foliage. I got like, I got this like countdown Christmas thing. I'll at least wait to put up full Christmas stuff until, you know, Thanksgiving. But I will start to head in that direction. Certainly. We already went and bought another tree. No, I already saw her post The whole today. nine yards. She's full <laughs> Christmas. As soon as this shit goes down, Christmas goes up. That's her favorite time of the year. And it lasts till about, lasts till about mid-March. People usually take down their Halloween decorations pretty quickly, but Christmas lingers. You guys go all the way to March? It can. It's very possible. So it'll slowly start to... One or two decorations might come down after Christmas time. The tree is the very last thing to go. But we we make a whole... There's things hanging from... We have like a bridge in our house that goes across. That's got stuff hanging from it. It's Christmas time. And if it was up to cast, it'd be Christmas time all year round. Uh, and But it's... But it makes it feel like a home. Like, it's weird. No, it does. And there's like, there's sort of like a mourning that happens when you take the decorations down. You're like, oh my God, my house sucks now. It's like not magical anymore. The vibe goes away. You're like, oh. Yeah. What's, what's with these bad vibes? Yeah. So I get the, I get the idea. Um, I think it'll, it'll linger even longer now, uh, this time next year, when I have a little one running around, uh, because he might not like taking down the decorations. That might be a problem. Okay, so let's talk about Christmas with kids. Well, okay, so wait, how much longer until you guys are due? 
Oh, just under three months. So January. Okay, so you'll still have baby in belly by Christmas time, and then then it's on. Does it feel even like more magical right now? I mean, everything's more magical when there's a baby on the way. I get so like elated and I'm through the moon or over the moon, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I can't like be overly joyed because she's doing all the work. She's, <laughs> she's carrying all the weight. She's her back is sore. Her feet are sore. She's so tired and he gets mad and he pushes on her bladder and he kicks her in the ribs and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But she is the most adorable mother to be in my eyes ever. And I'm sure all fathers and husbands feel that way about their wife that's carrying this. John Federer thought that. Uh, he oh, did. Shit. He did. He might not say it as much, but later <laughs> on, but he 100% did. I told my friends about this, my close friends. It almost feels like now I have like purpose, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Everything is different now. Everything is more important. Everything does change. And it's such an exciting time, especially like where you guys are at now, where you don't even know the baby yet. You've not met the baby. You've not got to hold the baby. I don't know if you've named the baby. I don't know where you're at with any of that stuff. I will not poke and prod because I know that's like the sacred thing that's like no one touch it until the baby's out and it's been announced. But like then you get to know this baby and you like see their little personality and they just become these like human beings. It's, it's the best thing in the whole world. And everything just shifts into the place that it's supposed to be. It's so great. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. And that's what, that's what I'm hearing. So like, you know, wrestling, for example, or the, the entertainment industry, the same as you, you've been chasing it for so long, so many years. It's been about what I can accomplish. How can I accomplish? And you're so tunnel vision and so driven. And then all of a sudden you're going to be responsible for another human life and your whole perception of how you think changes and you want to be a good example and you want to guide down the right path. And, but you got to let them learn on their own as well. It's just, it just, it's not about you anymore. It is like a really interesting thing because I think to the point of like what you're saying too of like when you have your career and something you've been working your whole life to be doing and you're excelling at it and there's success with it and that's great and you want to keep doing that stuff because you're like, man, I want my kid to see the things that I've done and I want to be able to set this example. I want my kid to think that I'm like kind of interesting and kind of cool. But then there's the other side that kicks in that goes, oh my God, I don't want to be away from my kid. Ever. I just want to stay at home with my kid all the time. It's really like a funny push and pull of uh, figuring out like what the right move is in terms of like, and I, I don't know if it's different, like being like the mom. And I was home with Nora for the first year and a half where it, I was always just with her. So now to like not be doing that and be back on the road is is definitely like a funny thing to like adjust to but it's like balance i'm assuming correct because i've yeah. seen you backstage at aw for like months ago and stuff and norma would be with you and like there's opportunities to travel and be with john and the baby can still be with you guys too i know that's probably not every week all week um but the possibilities do exist so and luckily now being a little later in my career i've had the time to accomplish something so i've set myself up and so has Cass. Uh, in a position to have that luxury of time if we need it to where, you know, we're not stressing about finances. We're not stressing about time, so to speak. Um, so we've been very lucky in that regard. Um, we did a four, uh, what is that? Four, 4D scan yesterday. Oh my God. Is it not the craziest thing you've ever seen? Mind blowing. Does he look like you or her? Can you tell already? I can tell everything. I can see like when they do the ultrasound and everything, I'm like, oh, there's his foot. She's like, how do you see that? I go, I can just, I can see it. Yeah. But when they do the, you know, 4D scan or whatnot, she's like, oh, he has your nose. Oh, he has your <laughs> cheeks. I'm like, how, you don't know that. And she's like, no, but it's the, like, you guys see it differently than we do. We just see like an arm. I think that's an eyeball. Like, It's a funny thing. Like, I remember when I did that with Nora and I saw her and I was like, whoa, there, it was like John's profile. I could see, like, it was like the side of her face. And I was like, oh my God, she's got like his like lip. 
Um, and she does look a lot like John. I think she's really a good, good, a good combination between the two of us. But yeah, she's she's very much so John. But it's also funny, like their little personalities inside your belly. Like Nora was a very active little baby inside me. And now she's just like bouncing off the walls. Like, yeah, so buckle up. That happens on the outside as well. So get ready for those kicky legs to be coming in hot. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm probably one of the most childlike adults you'll ever like no the world doesn't see it it's all in home and i just i do my best to make cats we get laugh. little glimpses on instagram we get little glimpses of it you get like get some small stuff but my goal pretty much every day is just to make cats laugh in the most awkward of times so i'll do the <laughs> dumbest of shit with the dogs or just by myself so to have another little mini me to do that with oh oh the sky's the limit in terms of what we can do I already know what we're going to do next year for Halloween. I already know. Oh, can you tell us? Oh, we're doing uh, Michael Myers, Mini Me and Me. We're just going to big, little, little knives. It's going to be epic. <laughs> just trotting down the street. It's going to be great. Oh, so great. Okay, so dadhood is just around the corner for you. I mean, you're in it. It's happening. How do you see yourself as a dad? Who do you want to be? Oh, this is... This is tough only because I grew up kind of in a different generation. You want to set an example and you want to protect your children as best as possible, but you also have to give them some leadway to learn for themselves. You know, as long as it's not harmful or detrimental to their health in any way, shape or form, like the kid's crawling up on the couch and I say, don't do that. Don't do that. Like there's the option of either going to pick them up and putting them down so they're safe. Or if you take a little tumble, you're going to learn the hard way. Oh yeah. I had to learn the hard way growing up a lot of times um times have changed like i used to get like the belt and i used to get like upside my head if need oh come on or dad would give me the old dad grip underneath you know <laughs> yeah. it's like you can't do some things like that anymore but the idea remains the same i just want my kid to be respectful i just want them to understand hard work and to know like it's okay to push for what you want as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting anybody else around you just go for it so it's hard, especially with all the outside influences in the world in general. I'm just going to try to do my best and hopefully he follows suits. I think that's all you can kind of do. If you got any tidbits or golden little nuggets of information. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of on the same track as you in terms of like, I'm not a big hoverer. Like I feel, you know, say like, yeah, of course, if she's like holding a sharp object or something like really bad is going to happen, of course, I'm going to intervene. But if she's going to take a little tumble or she's going to learn a lesson some way, I kind of like watch from a distance and let her do her things. It really is that like you want them to develop. I also want her to have experiences. I don't want her to just like think. Yeah, yeah I want her. I want her to be able to just like live her life, like all of those things. But she's still so little. So it really is interesting, like as she becomes more of a person and I see more of a personality, she's getting funny. Um, you just, yeah, you want, you want to protect them, but you also just want to like build them up to be these confident little people that can handle any situation that they're in. I, I just watched something recently about that of this mother was talking about how, um, how to like protect her kid from horrible things on the internet and things that you can't keep your kid away from when they're not in front of you. And he was like, the best thing you can do is to raise a confident child so that they aren't necessarily going to succumb to all the peer pressures and all of these like other things that they're going to happen at some point or another. So I think it's just trying to find a way to like instill that confidence in your kid that they're loved at home. And no matter, you know, what happens outside of that, I think like that acceptance at home is such a big thing. So the biggest thing for me, and you're probably, we're probably from the, we're same generation, essentially. My biggest thing was I never wanted to disappoint my mother. So I felt that if it would make my mom upset or if it would, if she would go on oh, disappointed in you, that would, that would crush my soul. So I would be like, Oh, my mom would not like that. So I'm just going to, sorry guys, not, not today, or I'm not going to, go forward with whatever the plan is because that was my biggest fear that if she found out she would be really disappointed in me. So that helped too because of that bond that you have. So I'm hoping that we have that kind of a relationship as well. Uh, I didn't have a, I didn't have a dad for the first like 10 years of my life. Um, so me and my mom were very, very close. So she essentially raised me till I was about 10. So that's probably where that comes from, but I'm hoping I can have that effect on my son early on. 
certainly it's like being able to like have that relationship. And I was the same, like, you know, with my mom, like very close. Um, I would definitely like push her buttons every now and then if I could. But like we yeah, we were really close. And I hope that Nora and I have that when I see that sometimes of like, oh, my God, wait, there's the option for kids to not be close with their parents. Like what? That like freaks me out to imagine that happening. I want to like do whatever I can to make sure that that there's never that like distance between us or she feels like she can't talk to me about something or anything like that for me and John. Yes. And I believe it or not, I thought about that as well, but I think there is a time no matter what, where they go, I can handle this. on my Oh yeah. Own. Oh yeah. And it's only until they hit a roadblock or they get in shit that they go, Oh mom, dad. And then you go, ah, now you're learning <laughs> on your own that yeah. this is how life works. <laughs> I have the same conversation now with the man I consider my stepfather, but I consider him my dad because he's the only one who ever raised me. He doesn't talk to a lot of my siblings very much. He's very quiet. He's just quiet in nature. So he won't necessarily reach out. But if you reach out to him, he'll talk to you all day long. It's just the way he is. He'll be like, oh, I haven't heard from anybody in a while. I was like, well, everybody's living their lives. They're all grown up. Now you have to kind of reach out and say, hey, how's your life going? And then they'll tell you, oh, I got this problem, that problem. And you go, okay, you're on your own. But that's how... Life works like everybody just lives their life. And then once they hit, you know, a bump in the road, that's where they go. Hey, mom, dad, can you help out? So I think there's going to be a time frame no matter what. My son's going to think he knows how things go and he's got a handle on everything in life. And his ego is going to take over and then his <laughs> ego is going to get checked. And then I'm going to go, Aha, that's how this works. All you can do is hope they don't make a, a mistake that's irreversible. That's all. That, that's all you can do is hope. Okay, let's go to 10-year-old you and your your father stepping into the picture because that's a pretty interesting age for a young boy, I would imagine, to now have this father figure step in. What was that relationship like for you guys right off the bat? Good, because it was, uh, it was all I knew. So I didn't have um, my real father. I think I've seen twice in my life. There's no contact or anything like that. So this new man stepping in uh, to my mother who already had two children, so what a massive endeavor for a man. And this was going, when was this? In the late, yeah, this would be about early 90s. Getting with a woman who already has two kids, that's, that's a lot. That could be a lot to take on for a single man. Um, so looking back on that now, I mean, that's what I understand. Uh, that's what a man does. A man steps up. At least that's what he should do. So he always treated us, even when we had, um, you know, my brother and my youngest sister, he never treated anybody any different. We were all the same. But because he came into my life, I was able to play hockey. I was able to get into sports. Just he brought that stability. And if I pushed my mother, like you said, you did yours, I would do the same thing. <laughs> She'd be my best friend. But I would push it to the envelope and she'd say, your father finds out. And I went, oh, okay, 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 okay. We're good. Yeah. I'll take care of it. Uh, I was actually with them. Last time I was in Canada, uh, when we did the show for AEW in Toronto, I went and saw him. And I was telling him a story that he completely forgot. And it was when I was about 18. I just turned 18. So 18, you're a man. You know what I mean? And I was mouthing off to him. I said something under my breath. He got right in my face. And I'm already like six feet. And he's like five. He's blonde hair, blue eyes, 5'10". He's shorter than I am. But he got right in my face. And he goes, do we have a fucking problem? And I went... <laughs> Oh, butthole puckers. Nope, we're so good. So immediately, I'm like, oh, there, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man now. There are consequences to my actions and things that I yeah. say. And I just went, nope. So, <laughs> and I told him that. I go, do you remember that? He goes, no, not one bit. And I was like, taught me a lesson that day that there are consequences to your actions once you get out there in the world. So that was him checking my ego the same way I'll probably have to check my son's ego at some point in the future. So stories like that, that. You know, he, he was, he's a good man. He's a good man. He was a great dad. It's really funny when you have your own kid. And I, I remember my mom saying this to me when I was younger. I mean, my, you know, my dad was always in the picture, but my parents separated when I was really young. So I was with my mom a majority of the time. And, you know, any, she'd be like, you'll understand this when you have your own kids. And da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meet her with an eye roll. But now it really is. I'm like, man, you bent over backwards for us and you, you know, all the, especially now, like when you're a mom and you're, well, I'm a mom, you're going to be a dad, but like you're working and you're busy and you're tired, but you still find that time to like 
play with your kids and make sure that they're happy. And it just gives you like a whole different perspective on like what that would have been like, especially like God, that generation of our parents too. They didn't have like, we can Google things on our phones. We can come up with all these different things to do. They were like left to their own devices to like make sure that everything stayed on track. So hats off. You guys did it. We'll see if we do it <laughs> in, about, in about just under three months. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, even um, our friend suggested to us the other day, just the technology that we have at our fingertips nowadays, there's a, it's almost like a Keurig where you can put formula in and then you push a button and it's like baby formula and it's good to go like this. And I was like, that's it. They're like, yeah. And I was like, I was planning on putting a pot on the stove, warming up some water, old school bottles, drop them in. That's how I help my youngest sister and brother. I was going old school. They're like, no, dude, like things have changed. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to get caught up. Has your guy's relationship, you and Cassie's, your relationship changed at all since finding out that uh, she's pregnant? Um, I, I, it's tough to say. It's going to sound cheesy. I've always, I always like, um, we always like spending time together. I adore her. So even like COVID during the times everybody had to quarantine like that, put a lot, that could put a lot of stress on our relationship. It didn't for us. We love being around each other. We could be in the same room for hours on end. And not say much to each other, but as long as we can see each other, we're good. And I think I can speak for most men. It, something changes different when they know that their wife or partner or whoever they've decided to spend the rest of their life with is carrying something that they created together. It's just different. Like no matter what, Cass and I are joined together for life. You and John are joined together for life. No matter what, we created something together that is going to live on, hopefully long after we're gone. So... That, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, that mindset alone is beautiful. There's something very comforting in that. Like, I agree there is something really beautiful in that. And like, yeah, I, I think about that sometimes too, in the sense of like, God, like, you know, heaven forbid anything should ever happen. It's like to have this person that I've created with this man that I love so much. I mean, it's a bond that's just completely unbreakable. It's awesome. And she's going to tell her future children's stories about, you know, what you, you, she's going to watch everything you and John have done. Like, I think that's going to be really exciting too. If my kid grows up and he's of age and he's able to look back and kind of understand what I did and went, hold on. And he gets to ask you questions about that. And you can be like, oh my, this is mind blowing. I never thought, <laughs> I thought you might go back and watch this stuff, but I never thought we'd be talking about it all these years later. It's just something really cool about that. I think that alone will be in a somewhat underbelly way of being inspiring. I know it's so funny like Nora just started playing with um with John's action figure. She like carries it in the car. She's like da 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 da. She always she like knows that it's him. It's like the sweetest sweetest thing ever. So for for yeah, your son to be able to have that with like you and Cassie and like it's it's pretty unique. It's pretty cool. Um okay, baby's happening. Congratulations. Cannot wait to meet this little man and I I'm sure everything is going to go really great upon his delivery here into this world and So, you know what? Just kiss. What? I don't mean to stop. You. Let's just I've been waiting a long time to get on this podcast. And I'm so glad it happened and I thank you for getting me on and I greatly appreciate it. So, I'll, I'll tell you his name. <gasps> I might get in trouble, but at the same time, it's there's a reason I'm going to tell you the name because okay. eventually some people have already found it. So his name is going to be Austin J. Oh my That's gosh. That's going to be his name. Love. So, uh, the J comes after Cass's brother. That's his name. So that's going to be his middle name. It'll be Austin J. But I also have it already <laughs> kind of on my arm. Ah! So I don't know if you can kind of see that. Oh it's my gosh. Done. So we can't change our minds now is basically what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. How exciting. Yeah. So I had this done. Uh, well, it's probably been but a little over a month ago now, but it was part of the idea all the way through. Um, it's kind of just a little backstory. My mother's urn, uh, she has angel wings on it. So that's where this comes from. But then the light that shines through kind of shines down on him. And before she passed away, she left him a message on one of those stuffed animal dolls with a voice box in it. She passed before she knew his name. But she knew he was going to be a boy and stuff. And she just said, I'll always be looking out for you. always be watching over you. So the light kind of shines down on him. But eventually someone's going to see this. So what better place to put it out than right here on your podcast? 
I love that. That's it's a beautiful name, beautiful sentiment. The artwork is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to want to talk about um, your mother's passing because I, I know obviously it's so recent. Um, how have you been doing? How is everything going for you? It's been it's been okay. And of course, I'll talk about anything with you. Um, it's been okay. It's been good. Uh, it never goes away. Going back to AEW in Toronto was a uh, big moment, kind of after the cameras went off the air. I had a moment to kind of let loose. I'd been gone for so long and no one knew why. So I could have went out there and said, oh, it's great to be in Canada and it's great to be home in AEW. But the elephant in the room is, where's this guy been for five plus months? So I thought it was a good opportunity to not only kind of pay tribute, but just be honest. Be honest with everybody uh, for the first time in a long time. But the messages I received after that night, the DMs came like flooding in. And a lot of people were like, I just lost my grandfather in June. I just lost my mother this year. I just lost like everybody, everybody loses somebody. And I was very fortunate from a young age to not experience that much loss. But no one escapes this. It's part of life. And I hate saying that because, you know, it's, it sucks, but it's, it's reality. We can't escape it. Uh, but I'm getting into that age now where the majority of my family members are older and I'm going to experience it and go through it a lot more. Having lose her first probably doesn't get more difficult than that. In a weird way, she still taught me one last lesson before she passed. Like she still, all she wanted, all she wanted was to be surrounded by her children and pass away at home. So she had, um, in Canada, you can kind of set yourself up. If you have terminal cancer, you can kind of set yourself up to how you want things to go. Um, so that's what she did. And she wanted to go at home, surrounded by her children. And she made me promise that if something happened to her, she wasn't able to walk, speak, anything like that, that it was time to go. I was actually supposed to go to a signing on a Friday and she was doing well. But a major stroke had hit on Friday. And basically that paralyzed her ability to speak, walk, move, anything. So when we were finally back home, all the kids were there and things like that, I had to make the decision to, to go ahead with the process. Uh, she could squeeze your hand. So I was asking her if you're ready to go and she would squeeze and let me know that she was ready to go. But everything was on her own terms. That was the most beautiful thing. And that was the thing that brought me comfort during that time was that it was her call and we're doing things the way she wanted them done. But the lesson that I learned in that, the final one that she left with me, and it's something I always knew, but it was made more paramount in that moment, was that family was everything. That's all that mattered to her. So all the money that I have would not have been able to take away her cancer. All that mattered was that she wanted to be surrounded by her kids. And once she passed, it was just like, you don't believe it, but it's, it's right in front of you. But it's just like, you can have everything together. You can have your job, your life, your marriage. Everything is together. But then all of a sudden, you feel absolutely lost. Like, you don't know where to start. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to move. And it kind of freezes time for a little while. But after that moment in Toronto where I kind of got to pay tribute and at least speak the way I wanted to do once the cameras were off, uh, the amount of messages that I got from people. Um, and I did my best to answer as many as I could. I responded to tons because people would say, oh, I just, last month I lost my uncle. I lost my grandmother. I lost my mother not long ago. And, you know, we went to the show to kind of get away from it. And you brought it back up and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're like, no, but it just, it's okay to know that we're all human and we're all going to go through this kind of thing in life. It's just how we deal with it. And I don't think it gets better. I don't think it gets easier. I just think we learn to carry on the best memories as possible and pass on their teachings to our little ones. So um, just a beautiful woman and time cut way too short. Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or you already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. 
Same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'm talking game lines, totals, spreads, player props, touchdown scorers, so many to choose from. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre-built in for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with the promo code Renee, and if you don't already have an account, that's promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, to get free bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. What was the moment like when you were able to tell your mom that Cassie was pregnant? <laughs> so uh, she, because she was doing a little bit of chemotherapy at the time, she carried around with her a, um, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember, um, drip, uh, uh, a drip apparatus and she, whatever. So she had to carry with her everywhere. So we'd actually brought the pregnancy home test and everything back home. So we're like, oh, happy Mother's Day and, you know, a little surprise. So I brought her flowers and everything like that. And she thought it was a little gift for her. So she opened it up and she didn't have her glasses on. And I'm like, I'm filming it. And I'm like, <laughs> so she finally sees it. She well, turns it around and she goes, oh, fuck, you're pregnant. And then, <laughs> and then immediately starts to run down the hall but forgets to grab her thing. So her thing starts dragging and I'm after her trying to grab onto her. Her drip, but she's so excited and running around and it's just, I'm so glad I got it on video because it's, it's just, you know, for a minute you forget, you forget that something bad is happening or going to happen or the inevitable is going to happen. And you're just in that moment where, you know, and like I meant what I said, he was the first person to know. And then uh, Cass's mother was the second. So we waited to tell both our mothers uh, that we were expecting. So it meant that much to us. That's so nice. So nice that you guys were able to have that moment and just to be able to share that and that your mom was able to leave a message for your son. She, she left it in one of the, like, is it like a bear or something? Kermit the Frog. Oh, how sweet. A little sweet. voice box uh, in the middle of it. So I lost it when I first heard that because we, we weren't, we weren't uh, it wasn't, wasn't given to me till after she passed. So she had left gifts for her kids. This is what I mean where like, a lot of people don't have that luxury. We lose people unexpectedly. We lose people just like this. And then we're like, oh, I didn't get to say everything I wanted to say. We had the luxury of time. And she got to plan everything out. So she's leaving me a gift after. She left my son a gift after. And then I listened to that. And it's like, oh, <sighs> just. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I bet. So I'll still go upstairs occasionally in his room and I'll push the button. Just listen to it just to hear the voice and stuff like that. What was the best lesson you think you learned from your mom? It's so weird because uh, we, I joke about this now with my friends and everything like that, especially with Cass. Like, I don't know about you, but I had to be home when the street lights came on. And you know what I mean? If you were going to have a sleepover with a friend or whatever, there's you know rules and be home certain times, curfews. I think uh, trust your gut. Just, just trust yourself above all else. I didn't know exactly that until I got out on my own into the world and whatnot and probably got out of a few situations that I shouldn't have been in or dangerous situations just by going, God, something doesn't feel right. And then I would just kind of trust that. Um, but she always instilled in me that, you know, be respectful. Don't hurt anybody or yourself. Treat women well and trust your gut. And I think those are the main three staples that I will try and instill and my children, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to learn the hard way. As long as it's not irreversible, it's a lesson. So um, those are probably the main things 
When did wrestling become the thing for you? Was it, was it super early on? I loved wrestling when I was a kid, but no one in my family watched wrestling. My mom didn't watch it. My stepdad didn't watch it. Like they just never turned the channel if I was watching it. Like, so they just kind of went, all right, he's sitting still, <laughs> leave him alone. They just, they never changed the <laughs> yeah. channel. But I remember being, I want to say this before my stepdad came into the picture. So I might've been like seven or eight and I was over at my uncle's house and a bunch of the kids were there and we were watching a pay-per-view and I can't remember which one it was for the life of me, but I was sitting at the back with a couple of my cousins and my two uncles were sitting on opposite sides of the room. And all I remember is the ultimate warrior came out. I used to love the ultimate warrior when I was a kid. How could you not? The tassels and the hair and the mask and the makeup and all that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. But I can't remember who he was wrestling. It might have been Rick Rude or maybe Honky Tonk Man. But he, when he beat him, my two uncles, not kids, my two grown men uncles jumped to their feet on opposite sides of the room to high-five each other and met in the middle. And I just remember going like, whoa, like, that's how I, like, yeah. And I start high-fiving too. And I just remember thinking like, that was an incredible feeling. Now knowing what I know, looking back on it, I was like, that might have been the moment where I went, I want to make my uncles do that. I want to make other grown men and other grown women and kids do that all alike. That probably sticks out in the moment where I really wanted to try and give this a go. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was my two uncles just high-fiving in the middle of all these children watching a pay-per-view. What has like your story with wrestling been in terms of like getting your start, uh, you know, the yeses, the noes, being at WWE, going, not being at WWE, now being in AEW. Um, what's the thing that kind of keeps you motivated? What's like your love story with wrestling? I'm glad we get to kind of cover a little bit of this because for a long time and in other interviews, I've given the, you know, and I apologize to any other interviewees who are going to be watching this, but I've given the general generic answer of, oh, it's been great. I love professional wrestling and I'm very happy. The reality is it's been a love-hate relationship. It has been um, up and down. It has been um, a lot of down. But uh, yeah, there, there's, there's been times where I've hated this industry. And the reason being is because it's... it's it's entertainment. And, you know, without pulling the curtain back too much, there are just things you're not in control of. So it can have a tendency to make you feel like you're not good enough, despite um, how hard you're working, despite um, how much time or effort you're giving to the industry, uh, and despite what the audience may be doing. It just might not be your number. And this business doesn't owe anybody anything. You've heard that before, and anybody who's been in it for an extended period of time will agree. It doesn't owe us anything. It moves on with or without us. If you ask anybody, any wrestler who's come on here, who's your Mount Rushmore? Number one, that is the most impossible question to answer, in my opinion. There's so many categories. <laughs> yeah. Can't answer that. So don't ask me that. So what keeps me kind of motivated and what keeps me kind of going is knowing that my legacy the legacy I leave behind will have nothing to do with pro wrestling, in my opinion. No one's going to probably remember me in great detail after I'm gone, but my son will. My son will know what I've done. My future children will know what I've done. My family knows what I've done. So my nieces and nephews will know what I have done. And if that is enough to kind of guide them down a path, a good path that can be beneficial to their life and the life that they create with someone going forward, I've done my job on this earth. I, I, I know that sounds a little weird or odd. Um, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's just about um, if I can inspire people around me, great, wonderful. People come to shows, fantastic. Like I mentioned about those DMs that came in after what I said about my mother. Wonderful. I will talk with people all day long and hopefully help in any way I can. But at the end of the day, my legacy is going to be remembered by my family the most. And that is what matters most to me. So that's what keeps me kind of going forward. And that's kind of why I've recently had a bit of a change of heart. My son is going to go back and watch a lot of things that I did. And he's going to question, why did you hit that guy in the head with a chair? Why is he bleeding so much? And I got to explain to him, it was a time in my life. So with the limited time that I have left in wrestling, I want to be able to show that I can do some good too. And that starts with being honest a lot. 
it's one of those funny things too, because I feel like when I think about like my relationship with professional wrestling, and you're right, there's the ups, there's the downs. Sometimes it doesn't love you back the way that, that you love what you get to do. But then I literally can like look around my household. It's like, man, I met my husband there. We now have a child, like all of those things. I mean, it's like that hilarious term of like everything's pro wrestling, but like my whole life is that. And if that's the things that I get from the world of pro wrestling, then hell yeah. I mean, the accolades and, you know, whatever, having a great job and being financially stable, those things are obviously great to have. But like my entire family is essentially rooted in this industry. I did not see that on my bingo card when I started (laughs) working in this world. I had no idea, not a clue. And I don't know if if any of us, do and um i don't know you're the same way as me and when uh, i knew we were going to do this i was thinking about it yesterday like i remember watching you on the score like way way back when and if we think about it like fast forward x amount of years that have gone by just like this if i asked you to pinpoint a moment where you felt you made it could you pinpoint one probably not i don't know could you no not at all that's that's my point is that all of a sudden like I remember saying, oh, man, I want a T-shirt. How come everybody's getting a T-shirt and not me? And I want an action figure. How come everybody's getting an action figure and not me? And then I hope I'm in a video game one day. And all of a sudden, all these things that you hope for have happened. And we sit here and go, oh, so does that mean that we didn't take enough time to enjoy those moments when they happen? Are we moving too fast? Or do we need to kind of take a step back and go, damn, like, you did all right. I survived this business where a lot of people don't in some way, shape or form. So to your point about taking a look around and going, you know, my kids are going to be okay. My family's going to be okay. This business doesn't have to love you back at all, but how you're able to navigate through all those no's or navigate through those roadblocks mm-hmm. through or around, you're able to at least inspire or help other people go, no, 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 don't yeah. take that way. Take that way. And one thing I love doing is teaching and I'm able to prepare students or even talent on the roster that have five, six, seven years in when they're frustrated and they come to me and they go, this is horse shit. What the, I go, this is how it is. And it's just temporary. The bad times are temporary. The good times are temporary too. You got to take the good with the bad. I always feel like success takes a lot longer to achieve in professional wrestling than maybe it does, whether it's another sport. I would kind of make it like liken it more to maybe like an actor's career that sometimes it takes a little bit longer to really generate that buzz and generate that fan base and whatnot. But what do you think it is about wrestling? I mean, yes, you are a, you're a teacher. You're a great teacher. Um, you've got your your training school flatbacks with uh, with good old breezy boy. Um, Canadian. yeah, I know. Right. What is with Canadians and pro wrestling? Jeez. We're everywhere. <laughs> so great. But yeah, it's something about like the, you've really got to put so much time in. And I mean, you mentioned it just a second ago about wanting to be as honest as you can. And you also were talking about how much time you have left doing this. Where do you kind of stand on that? The thing about a wrestling audience, in my opinion, is they're they're some of the most critical people of all sports fan base, in my opinion, that there is. But at the same time, they're also the most loyal. Case in point, I'm gone for five months, which is a long time in the world of entertainment. There have been athletes and other sports teams that are gone five months, and you're like, what team does he play for? Some people just forget. Our wrestling fan base does not forget. That's why people can go away and have children and come back five, six, seven years later and they're welcomed back with open arms because our audience just cares. Whether they like to admit it or not, they do. Wrestling is just, it's built and based a lot of it on ego. I had people tell me that it wasn't a good idea. Sadly, I had my mother and father tell me face-to-face, it's not a good idea. You're going to be hurt and home in three weeks. So no, we'd rather you go work at a casino not knowing that I already paid $4,000 to go to a wrestling school and I just hadn't told them yet. It's, it's a, such an individual drive and a push that it's so hard to explain. If you feel that you're on the right track, you're supposed to be doing something, you, you got to see it all the way through. 
And when I said earlier about some things are out of your control, yes, in the world of sports entertainment, it ain't your show, man. So no matter how prepared you are or how good you think you are, if someone else wants something to be a certain way, it will be that way. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't work as hard. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't keep trying. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't stay as sharp as I can be because you're doing a disservice to you as a professional. I am winding down. I don't have a lot of time left. That's probably the main reason why I put pressure on myself now. Is that like contractually or body-wise? Both. Body-wise, I'm in, I'm in really good shape. That I'm in great shape, bro. Best shape of my life. I'm, I mean it in a sense where I've never been uh, uh, at the main event, top of the card, champion schedule. You understand the champion schedule. John is all over the place. That's a champion schedule. A champion schedule is staying to the end of the night. You're last. You're going out there 30 minutes every night and busting your ass. And then you're jumping in a car and you're driving to where you got to go. I never had to do the champion schedule. So my body, after almost 21 years, is in really good condition based on what I have to have done. But there's very few things that I would like to do left in wrestling. And I've been pushing to try and check off a few of those boxes before my time is done. Uh, and it's been difficult and it's been a challenge, but not more challenging than anything else I've been through in 20 plus years. So uh, that's where I put the pressure on myself nowadays, if I'm being honest. What are some of those things? How do you kind of see this going if you're able to just put on like your booker hat and you're writing your next couple programs? What do those look like for you? So my favorite uh, picture of all time, aside from anything my wife is currently in or will be in the future with my son, is uh, Brody. Brody Lee, very good friend of mine. He has a picture with his son, both sons actually holding the TNT title. And they're both so happy and they're both so like, you can see it on his face, how proud he is. And you can see how proud they are of him. You know, he's their hero. I want that same thing between me and my son. When my son comes to me one day and says, I want to be, you know, a World Series baseball player. Yeah, you can do it. Think so? Yeah. Here's why. This is what dad did. This is dad's reward. And he gets to hold it and see it and look at it. And... You know, that's what I'm envious of John of. Like, Nora's one day going to be able to pick up his stuff and go, Dad, what's this? And he gets to tell her stories. And he gets to tell her about that moment. And hopefully that inspires her to go, I want my moment too. And then she goes and chases. That's the idea behind that. So my goal is to be decorated, is to win a championship in a major company, AEW or elsewhere. That is my goal. Just so I can have that time and that prize to show my son in the future. What title is that to you? Which one would you love to have around your waist or shoulder for that photo? Being completely honest, I have always seen myself as an intercontinental champion. I knew you were going to say that for some reason. You, you have that icy champ glow. <laughs> so I grew up on the Mr. Perfects and the Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warriors. And then as I got into wrestling, it was always known as the Workhorse Championship. So I'd always seen myself in that zone. So in a perfect world, yeah, be the Intercontinental Championship. I like that answer. That's a, that is a good answer. I feel like that. Yeah, you definitely like fall into that category of like the one that everyone in the locker room to is kind of like, yes, finally, let's like, let's get this. Let's get this championship run going. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to happen. You know, what I, you know what I mean? It just it's a moment in time. It's not about the title. It's about the chase. It's about the journey. That's to me, storytelling. If I keep putting it out there positively and keep staying ready so I never have to get ready, maybe, but maybe not. We manifest here. We manifest things over here. Um, okay, let's talk flatbacks um, really quickly here. Um, how did this concept come together for you and Breeze to start this wrestling school? Uh, it was his idea, and I was refused immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, so he had, I just actually left. WWE. And probably about two months later, he's like, Hey, what do you think about opening up a school? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I'm thinking of going over here and I'm hoping I can go over here. And I just don't know the schedule, the time frame. Cause he was still in NXT. He was still wrestling full time as well. 
but uh, it was mainly decided after I went to do a seminar not long after I left and I asked in Florida and I asked them to come with me, just come with me, da, 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 you know, help me out. And um, no disrespect to anybody in the area or to how anybody decides to teach to each their own. But we had realized during that seminar that there was a lot of gaps that uh, fundamentally that young kids were being taught. And to the point where some kids who had five, six years in were like, okay, throw a punch. And they're like, oh, I haven't been taught how to throw a punch. And we're like, oh, okay. So strikes are a big fundamental thing in our industry. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it was things like that that were like, okay. And then the mindset of a lot of young kids too um, weren't exactly healthy. Like how so? What do you mean? So a lot of students would be staying at the same place, training, five, six, seven years in. Okay, have you branched out at all? No, no, no. I just kind of come train here. I do shows locally. It's like, look, at our school, once you're trained, fundamentally, you have the very basics. You're not a polished product. You're not a finished product. You have the very basic fundamental tools to go out and start working, start figuring out who you are. You need experience in front of an audience. But I think some places that charge, you know, a monthly fee or it's, you know, we just want to make sure that we were kind of going to put young students in the best possible position to succeed. One way or the other, you're going to find out without wasting a great deal of time if this is something you truly want to do or if it's not. Because at the end of the day, you know more than most people like how brutal this can be on your body. This beats the shit out of you. If you're going to do that to your body, there has to be kind of a, a goal in mind or a reward at the end of the tunnel. Uh, something to chase. But it was Breeze's idea. And I was like, nope, not a chance. And then he kind of, based on what everything I just told you, he kind of said like, look, we kind of owe it to these kids to kind of guide whoever wants to come here in the right direction. He's right. Gotta push those little baby birds out of the nest. Make them fly, baby. Make them fly. Get out there. That's how I learned. And, you know, I can go into stories about, God, practicing in Puerto Rico while drive-bys were happening. And I I could tell you all this stuff that looking back on now, you're like, wow, why did I? Why was I there? Why was that situation happening? Yeah, how was I in that position? (laughs) But at the same time, we can have a laugh about sure. it now going like... It's living, baby. It's a different business. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's living that Get life. Get out there. You know? Um, I don't know if you can give me the insider scoop to this, but is Tyler Breeze ever going to wrestle ever again? Or is he just done? He can't be done. So I tell him that all the time, too, because he still works out. He's still in shape. He could use a little self-tanner. Let's put that out there. Oh, 100%. <laughs> for, for a guy who claims to be a male model, yeah, you better use the best, the best of the best self tape. <laughs> um, but there'll be times where we'll we'll hop in the ring and have 20, 25 minutes. We just did that a couple weeks ago with the guns. Just at the school, just get some cardio in and we'll go 20, 25 minutes of a tag match. And he can still go. He can still, still do everything, still works out, still does. But if I say to him, hey, man, you get ready for a second round, he goes, nah, retired. So I don't know. That's the, that's the true answer. But I see, I see the excitement sometimes when he hops in. So I think uh, he, he's done very well for himself. He's a very smart guy. I know. That's why it's such a question mark. It's like he doesn't need it. He's fine. He does just fine. I think it still creeps in every now and then. And I only know that because of how passionate he is when he teaches too. So if he didn't care, he'd be a little more relaxed. I think it's still there a little bit. It's just a matter of uh, timing or the right opportunity presenting itself. Uh, but I, I hope, honestly, that he's not done because he still has a lot to offer. He still does offer a lot, but I mean, just an incredible coach, good human being, and uh, you know, a benefit to this industry. Yeah, he's I. Right. We don't mind him. He's Canadian, so I tolerate him. Yeah, I mean, we have to, right? I mean, he's from BC. Makes it a little more questionable, but we'll take it. <laughs> um, okay, my last question to you. This is not a Mount Rushmore question. This is I hope a. Not. You're starting your own wrestling promotion. Who are your top five guys and girls that you are uh, drafting to build a promotion around? Who's the future of this business? As someone that looks at things through a trainer's eyes, you get to spend a lot of time with different people. Who are you attaching your cart to? Oh, man. Buggy to the horse, is that the saying? That's so... Cart to the horse? I don't fucking know. <laughs> the old, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's worse... <laughs> I think that's worse than the Mount Rushmore question, buddy. Well, I at least give you like a little space to move. I gave you five. 
not 10, five. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you can, you can pick someone that's like, you get someone that's a mouthpiece. You can get someone that you know can put on a, a 60 minute iron match. You can iron man match. You can have uh, a great character. There's lots to work with. The world is your oyster. There's a ton to work with. And, uh, and some people that might be offended that I leave them out. I know. So uh, a few off the top of my head, uh, Miz, I'm going to throw the Miz out there only because um, the guy's so reliable. He's so well-rounded. I can put him in a wrestling ring. I could also put him on a TV show. I could put him on a talk show. He's very good for promoting. The guy's a professional through and through. And his work ethic is second to none. So uh, Miz is on my list of guys that I would start things up with. Uh, Randy Orton, things pound for pound, one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet. MJF, if I'm building for the future, a guy who gets it at an extraordinarily young age. Two um, more spots. Oh my gosh, it's so tough. I'd throw Cody Rhodes in there as well. Cody Rhodes is a good one to put in just because, um, you know, forget lineage aside, the guy just knows how to carry himself and represent a company at the highest of standards. So, you know what? Me, damn it. Hell yeah. Good fucking answer. If it's my company, I'm going to, I'm the workhorse. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to make sure TV's done on time. I'm going to make sure that we hit all the marks we're hitting. And I just wouldn't put the title on myself. It was my company. That's the only thing I wouldn't do. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a taboo. That's a no-no. Um, Fair enough. But to be able to get in there and mix it up with those guys again and stuff like that would be, uh, that's kind of, Copping out on you a little bit on one more, but you know. No, it's all right. I, I like it. Listen, it was your answer to your question to answer. I speak for a living. Welcome to the show. Wow, I cannot talk today. Derp -a -derp -a. I think you're holding up just fine, buddy. It's fine. Well, listen, I know you're a busy man. You've got lots of things to do. I'm sure your wife needs you to, you know, elevate her feet, get her a snack, rub her back, whatever she needs. You go do that. Um, super, super happy for you guys, honestly. Like, the biggest congratulations. You guys are going to be amazing, amazing parents. If you have any questions, I'm your girl. Oh, you you already know that. We've already <laughs> spoke off, off screen and said, we're going to bug you. Great. Because... Like a lot of our wrestling friends have, not a lot, but a few have babies now, but a lot of our friends outside, like, not yet. Or, I know. So, and we have family scattered, families in Canada, families in Australia. So we don't really have anybody kind of local. So we are going to bug you. How crazy, by the way, that you're going to have an American child while you are Canadian and your wife is Australian. Didn't see that coming. That wasn't in my bingo card. I tell you that Isn't much. that crazy? Can you get your citizenship based off your child being American? I don't think so. Damn it. I don't think so. But if I don't get my citizenship, he's kind of screwed, I think. <laughs> so I, I kind of have to now. But I think you can only get two. So I think they only want you to have two. So he's going to be American and either Canadian or Australian. Oh, shit. He's got a pick. Some places allow you three, but I don't, I don't believe. I have to do more homework on it. I think just in passing, I've seen that somewhere. I could be wrong. You guys are gonna have to do like PowerPoint presentations. You got to represent Canada. She'll represent Australia, and he can make the choice. Cass is gonna make the choice for both of us. She's <laughs> like, no, he's Australian. I was like, and I said, well, he'll he'll probably do better with the ladies if he's part Australian. Yeah, he, yeah. Sure, sure. So, hey, it's all under Commonwealth though, so maybe there's some kind of loophole. Yeah, there's something there. There's got to be. I'm sure. But what a lucky kid, huh? So lucky. What I would have given to have multiple passports as a child, I would have. I would have been busy. Oh, now Nora will. Nora, <laughs> Nora's got the best of both worlds, correct? Yes. I know. Well, I, I actually don't have her Canadian yet, but it is on my to-do list. I have all the paperwork and stuff to do it. I just need to knock it out. Yeah. But she Options will be. are good. She'll know. Oh, she will know. She knows all about it. No Hell excuse, yeah. kid. No excuses now. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I really appreciate you just so like honestly talking about things. I know some things obviously pretty difficult to, to talk about. And, um, you know, my condolences to your entire family on the passing of your mom. She sounds like she was just an absolute gem of a human being. Oh, thank you. It's always easy to talk to someone who's a sweetheart. So you're a pro. I appreciate you. And this was my pleasure. Definitely. All right. Well, hey, I'll see you this week in Baltimore. You got it, buddy. Take it easy. Thanks to Sean for hanging out with me. Um, really appreciate it. Again, I, I do not take it for granted um, that amazing people like him want to come on this podcast and talk about very vulnerable, personal things with me. Um, I, I definitely, uh, I feel like I 
wear that with a, a lot of responsibility of, yeah, just wanting to create that environment for people to, to feel comfortable to come on and talk to me about those things. So thank you to Sean for trusting me with, uh, with those stories and talking about those things. Um, and hopefully you guys got to learn a little bit more about a man that we've seen on our television screens for, for quite some time. Best of luck to him and to Cassie as the time winds down on little baby boy making it here. Earthside cannot wait to see him and meet him and decide if he's going to be Canadian or Australian. We'll have to see. We're not flipping a coin. Got to really plead our case here. Though it sounds like Cassie's got her mind made up already. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Make sure you to check this stuff all out on YouTube as well if you want to watch this interview, there's a ton of other content all up there as well. Just search my name, Renee Paquette, up on YouTube. It's all there. Thank you again for hanging out. And uh, until next time, this has been The Sessions.